0: Have you ever looked around your business and thought to yourself, is this it? Are you making money, but yet you want more, or maybe you have ideas in your head, but you're just not sure how to develop them into a revenue stream. Welcome to the caged vision podcast with Carrie Roan and Lisa Beck, where we help you unlock your business potential and scale your business beyond trading time for money. Each week, You'll hear ideas, interviews, and case studies of others who, like you, are subject matter experts and want more from their business. Let's do this. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Caged Vision Podcast with Carrie Rome
1: and Lisa Beck. I didn't
0: think you were going to jump in there. I
1: did, I jumped in. It was just
0: a slight pause, but...
1: I wasn't sure if you were going to say my name. Or if you like. Do I
0: say your name ever? Uh, every once in like a while. I feel like I just, I want you to say your name.
1: Yeah, but sometimes you say the word and. I do. What
0: did I say then? You didn't say okay. and, and so Any I said way. and. You know what that might have something to do with, Lisa Beck?
1: I'm not sure. It could have
0: something to do with my personality trait.
1: You're, the oh. How's that? How's are that we really going to talk about time. your personality? Yeah, but we're, <laughs> so,
0: so uh, there's something I heard on a, Podcast, shocker! Uh, and he was—it ta- was a podcast, yes. And he was talking about no, it was not a podcast. It was in a book. Wait, I also like listen a to audiobooks book
1: that has oh, that, it was an that audio is in the book. air. Yes, yes,
0: because it was yes. an audiobook. But yes, it is a real book, not yes. a. Anyway, um, so i listen to this book, and he talks about his favorite personality test, which is called Sixteen Personalities. So I go and take 16 personalities. takes 12 minutes. Because you
1: have 16 personalities?
0: Probably, but that's not why. I think we probably all have a resemblance of one of the 16, but we have a primary personality. I just made that part up. But here's the point. (laughs) There's something that the way you answer the question, just with all of these, that it gives you who you are. And... As it turns out, twelve minute question test, right? Not test. Question air? What do you call it?
1: It's a test. It's It's not a
0: test. I don't want to think it's a test. Okay. It's not a test. It's not a it's test not of a your test personality.
1: Because there's not any wrong there are no wrong Thank answers. You. Yes.
0: So it's sort of a It's a survey. It's a s-
1: questionnaire.
0: Information gatherer. Okay, there you go. That's what I feel like uh, high school was. They're not testing me. They're just, we're gathering information. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, so I go through this information gathering process for 16 personalities, of which one of mine stuck out, which is entrepreneur. Shocker. Shocker. And the funny part about this 16 personality, entrepreneur personality avatar picture that they
1: it looks like it was
0: so freaking funny when that up i laughed at myself and then i showed friends and family so they could also laugh with me and at me at the same time because it's fun but that is really a great tie-in to the caged vision podcast here's why everyone has a bit of entrepreneur in them And it just so happens that this time of year, if you're a business leader, if you're a business owner, this is the time when you need it to come out. That was good. And here's why. See, that was good.
1: But it's going to get better.
0: Well, hopefully. (laughs) It's building it up a little bit. Building the suspense. Here's why. This is the time of year when you start to look at your business and you start to think, where is my opportunity whereas our opportunity to add value over the next 12 months you should be thinking about 2019 right hopefully hopefully and if you're not um more than likely you are just going to spitball your way through 2019 trying things and you're going to get flat to 3% growth and you're going to you know, if you've fallen victim to that process, more than likely you're not listening to this podcast. If I've just, if you do listen to this podcast and I've just offended you, good. Because we need to wake up, right? There's 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 opportunity in your business to add value, but unless you go through that process of the work that it takes to get your team on board to help you,
1: You'll never realize that Ever. Realize
0: it. Not going to realize it. In this episode, we're talking about, really, we're talking about opportunity. No, no shocker there. We're also talking about a little bit about uh, uh, entrepreneurs, right? Because we want to draw out the entrepreneur in each of you, especially this time of year, because you owe it to your business.
1: So as an entrepreneur, were there like certain characteristics that when you read this description of yourself that you think sort of we all have and need to nurture? Because, I mean, not all of us are entrepreneurs. Well,
0: I, you know, there's part of it is um, it was, there's a lot of things about um, uh, outgoing personality. And I think um, that I've also listened to some things that, uh, and I think I've sort of trended this way. You think I, I used to be a lot more social than I am now. Now, I, m- business is the is all I think about. I wake up and I think about it, and I go to work, and and I think about it. And I, and I oh, here's something very interesting about that. About
1: right? the fact that you think about work all the time, or about the personality of one an of the entrepreneur. Questions, one of
0: the questions is that they, they asked you, do you dream about real world things or do you dream about sort of gra- crazy, random, crazy dreams?
1: And what was your answer?
0: I dream about work. I dream about the things that I, I am doing at work.
1: And if there are any psychiatrists or psychologists listening, no, no, no. you can contact me. We'll get him on some sort of medication. No, It'll be fine. well,
0: here's why: because my personality type represents four percent of the population.
1: That does not surprise me at all.
0: Right? So it's uh, so yeah. So yeah, I would think that. Why well, that is? I don't. I don't. All I do is. I thought all I did was worry about work. No, I'm just dreaming that way because that's the way I'm
1: I made up. Okay, so have you taken the DISC profile? Yes. And are you a D?
0: I'm a... Off the charts, D.
1: Yeah. I, my D and my I are within one of each other. Yeah. So I'm either in 3% of the population or 11% of the population. Yeah. Yeah. D is 3% of the population. I is 11%. Yeah. And then th- all those S and C people, and I-, I got none of that.
0: Yeah, yeah. The rest of the world. Yeah,
1: But that doesn't, so yeah, entrepreneur, high D, yes, so, driven. So
0: here's, here's the thing. Whether you are one of the 4% or whether you only have 4% entrepreneur, it doesn't matter. Your business needs you right now. It needs you to search for the opportunity to add value in your organization over the next 12 months. You don't have to own the company. But if you consider yourself a business leader, you're part of that success. and it's, par- it's partly your job to organize your thoughts around not a, not what are all of the opportunities to add value, because they are everywhere, and they're seemingly just never ending. That's what makes it so hard. Your job is to pick the one.
1: I really like this shift that everyone has a bit or needs to think like an entrepreneur to think about opportunity. That's great.
0: And when you don't, you leave that get a little corny here. You leave that vision that's in your head that's in your head. You just leave it caged because you're not accessing the entrepreneur. Well inside. done. Yeah, yes. How's that? Caged vision. Do we're gonna go corny or we're we gonna say, No, nah, that was good?
1: I- it is corny, but I think it's relatable in a good, It's a, in a good, good corny. corny it's right? a good corny.
0: So here's what we have. We have a couple of examples, actually a lot of examples, of people that have done this right and people that have done this wrong. And they, why'd you, why'd you, y'all yo, can't, she just like a, wait, like I stuck her with a, a no, prod or something. What, she just. We have at examples
1: like, of people that have done this poorly. Well, I do. Okay. Uh, so I get to give the good examples and you give the poor examples.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. George just showed me, he just took the test while we're doing this podcast, and this is, this, y'all need to go take this test because his shows up as the debater, and that is so accurate.
1: Yes, he would argue with a wall.
0: Oh my gosh, would he ever.
1: Were you on the debate team in high school, George? Did you ever consider going to law school? No both of which i think should have occurred. You
0: just natural born debater, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. Okay. I am yes. Okay. All right, moving I'm gonna take, on. I'm going
1: to take this test after we get done recording the podcast. Okay, so let's talk about uh different opportunities. One of my favorite ways to look at opportunity is a product that should exist but it doesn't. And my favorite example of this is Kate Spade, because she was an editor at, I think it was Mademoiselle magazine. And she realized that there was this huge void in the handbag market. Women could buy really cheap handbags, but there was nothing after that until you got to Gucci or Hermes or really high-end luxury brands. And so she created a stylish functional bag that hit that middle market.
0: Can I represent all of the men right now that say, I find it hard to believe that there were no middle market bags out there? Okay. Because- Well,
1: you can find it hard to believe all you want to, but Kate Spade is the one that sort of- Before
0: that, there were none?
1: No. No. It was you either there were
0: none at all, there were none that were stylish and there fashionable. There were
1: none that were stylish and okay. fashionable. But there really weren't any well, stylish and fashionable. Okay, but there so really you just weren't touched the middle on, market. So
0: you just touched on something that's really, really really critical. Really, really, really critical, right? And that is she said, Where am I gonna play and how am I gonna win? I'm gonna play in the middle market and I'm gonna win by making it stylish and fashionable. That is what Kate Spade did. That's the difference, right? Because there was probably some price points that thought, "Why there probably people that were, had been making middle market bags forever that looked up at Kate Spade and were like, well, why are they buying her bag? We're at the same price. And they completely missed the point.
1: Well done, Mr. Rome.
0: You know why? Why? No, no, because they had decided to play in the middle market, not win the middle market. Market, which is going to lead me to a story that I have. Yes, it is.
1: I like this story. So
0: my story is about GM. And if you, uh, there may be a few still driving around, but, and I actually had a cousin that had one. She bought a Saturn. Remember the car Saturn? uh,
1: Wasn't it one of their key things to that car that it was like a set price? There was like no no negotiating, no haggling. It was like, here's the car, here's the price. That's it.
0: So... I don't know that this was their strategy but let's have fun with them since it failed. Sure. Let, so their your strategy is um we're going to we're going to make a small car and we're going to take away the thing that people don't like which is haggling and that's and that's going to help us win. It did not. That's not a good strategy. Them win. That's not a very good strategy. So what but what they what they did is they decided they openly stated GM said we need to play in the small car market. They use the word play. Play means dabble, right? Meanwhile, Toyota and Honda said, we're going to win. We're going to win the small. Now, you could argue that Honda has said, we're going to play in the truck market. And they have. I mean, have you seen those? Oh, my gosh. What is it called? The Ridgeline? It's Awful. Ugh. And if you drive one, I'm sorry.
1: Oh, we just insulted people.
0: That we <gasps> insulted you, yes. but I'm sure it's functional for them. Right?
1: That's all that matters.
0: No, we can't recover from that. No, we really can't. We just we lost. We apologize. We just lost, we one. lost a viewer. We, in lost South Dakota. A <laughs> we lost a listener. We <laughs> lost a listener. I think, I think you just drive an El Camino and just go with it. <laughs> right? Same thing, right? It is the same it thing. Doesn't they do look anything. the same. It's not a truck. Anyway, all right, point let's is move this. On. Is 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 play to win, don't play to play.
1: Even the word, like if they laid out we're going to play, that in the, meant yeah. in the small car market. Just using that word tells yeah. everyone that you're not serious about yeah. it. It tells your own employees that you're not serious about it. Yeah, and I think
0: it. they lost like twenty billion dollars before they decided to pull the plug. Wow.
1: Yeah. We could do a lot with twenty billion dollars.
0: Yeah. Don't, 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 don't play in the market. Go for it. Yeah.
1: So then. Before
0: you go to your next example, which I want to make sure that we emphasize, how does it happen that you play in the market? You make the decision to play in the market. Will you make the decision by looking at opportunity and not narrowing your focus on one and say, we're going to win in this one?
1: Well, I think that's true, but I think, you know, GM did say, hey, this product should exist and it doesn't, or we think it exists and, or for us, it needs to exist. And I don't know if they just were trying it out, trying it on for size, you know, it doesn't, it just, doesn't
0: play say dabble. Yes, like we're going to, we're going we're gonna to see yes, how this works. Yeah. <clears throat> no,
1: you can't do that. You got to go in, go big or go home.
0: Go to win. Play to win. Mm-hmm. Right? All right. Give me another example.
1: Um, I love this one because I'm a huge fan of customer experience and what a customer journey looks like. But, you know, the days of driving to Blockbuster, which, by the way, squirrel moment. Did you know there's still one Blockbuster left in America? I don't recall where? where it is. But there really is one Blockbuster store that still exists. And the guy's like, I'm never closing. So... Anyway, um, but you never know. You never, you know. never know. You never because, know.
0: Because if Trump decides to cut off the internet for Europe, he could do it here, do and you? we'd have to go rent. Movies. Brilliant. Yeah.
1: Brilliant. Yeah. Um, but it came, Netflix came about because of poor customer experience. So the founder of Netflix, Reed Hastings, got a $40 late fee on his <laughs> Apollo 13 video, and it really ticked him off. And he said, there's got to be a better way. Gotta this be customer way. experience sucks. There's got to be a better. Oh, I think I just got, We now we have an explicit rating. George
0: can cut that. Can you take out her profanity? please. Thank you.
1: So now Netflix, of course, was the, the demise of Blockbuster. So customer experience is an opportunity for greatness.
0: And I think, yeah, yeah. So that is, that leads us into what is it about? So we're in, when we go back and level set the conversation here, it's that time of year, you're a business leader, you're a business owner, you're having to think about opportunities to add value, there's two ways to really look at that. Number one is how are my customers using my product or service in a way that I didn't anticipate that may be an opportunity. Another way is what in what we're doing is creating friction with that customer experience that we can remove. And that's ex- it's exactly what you just referenced because had Blockbuster remove that friction point and not been so concerned about nickel and diming people $3 for a late charge for, you know, we'd could, all
1: still be driving to blockbuster. We'd,
0: well, hopefully somebody else would have thought of it. something else might've prompted Reed Hastings. But anyway, I love that story. I love that story.
1: The, uh, I think one of the things that we don't think about, which sort of leads me to my third opportunity, right. is A resource that could be something, but it's not.
0: Mm, Okay, talk about that. So
1: when low-cost airlines like JetBlue or Ryanair announce a new destination real estate investors go and buy property at that destination because they realize that that asset is underpriced and there is going to be an influx of people which is going to raise property values Mm -hmm. so a decision made by a company in one area Mm -hmm. is impacting how another company views its opportunities. Yes. And I think it's something that companies overlook. What's going on in your market or what are other sort of complementary industries doing that you can go in and leverage and expand on?
0: Yeah, very good. You know, when you said airline, you made me think about... Um, Southwest and although I do do have a a story about how they stole my 250,000 points not again which I'm a little upset I'm okay with using them as an example because they did some things right so when we talk about uh, the reason we are encouraging you to find your entrepreneur particularly this time of year and um, is that while all the other airlines were focusing super hard on optimizing their hub-and-spoke business model. How do we do this more efficiently? Southwest came in and said, how do we do it differently? And instead of hub-and-spoke, they did point-to-point. Point. And they won. So optimization is good, but optimization in and of itself is not a strategy. We need to always continue to, to fine-tune the process. Yes, that is not in and of itself your strategy. And I can tell you that the entrepreneur in you is bored as you know what, not gonna draw an expletive here.
1: I've already done it, so I you know. might as well. We're gonna get an explicit. Well, uh,
0: they're bored as hell. George, remove that for us, please. George has removed mine as well. So now we're even. We're okay. we're back to zero. Anyway, um, Board, The entrepreneur is bored if all you're doing is saying we're never going to be able. We don't have opportunity to add value. All we have is opportunity to streamline our process even better. That says everything we're doing is perfect. We can just do it more efficiently. I would argue that all day long. There is always an opportunity, but what you do need is continued confidence and encouragement, which is why we're here, which is why we're here. In fact, we want to tell you about some training that we have specific to this topic. We have it uh, starting 1128. We have got some training that's going to come out. We will find a way to, how are we going to to give them a link so they can sign up, they can pre-register for this training.
1: Um, We can put a link in the show notes.
0: We will put a link in the show notes. We will also, when we push this out on LinkedIn, we will put a link. Yeah, is that a good idea? Yeah, in the comments. Yeah. So hopefully you have enjoyed this episode on opportunity, opportunity to add value in your organization and really um, continued confidence and encouragement to sort of find that entrepreneur in, in you so that you can develop that in your business. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.